I'm Nathan Browsey. I farm in north central Ohio, about an hour south of Lake Erie, kind of right in the middle. We do a three-year crop rotation, corn, soybeans, and wheat, and yep. then follow corn with a rye cover crop and follow the wheat with a multi-species cover crop of up to 18 different species of covers. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Got to keep you busy when doing all those different varieties and species and everything, doesn't it? Keeping track of all that? Yeah. It's not too bad. We used to use a corn and soybean rotation back and forth. And for a long time, we ran a, a lot of corn. Sure. And uh, the corn became a logistics battle, trying to get the corn in and side dressed and harvested and deal with all the corn. And uh, I liked the biomass from the corn. Uh, sure. Water. And so we were focused on trying to build soil, organic matters, and things like that. So uh, that's what kind of brought the meat back into the three-year rotation. Sure, sure. And one of the things you mentioned was logistics, and I kind of know the answer. We've known each other for a few years, Nathan, but who kind of helps you in that that operation? And I know it's not just yourself because you guys are doing a lot of things. So who else is working with you? Now, there's a number of people. You have to kind of surround yourself with people that you can know and trust and that can help you. Our operation entails myself, and then I have a couple guys that work full-time for me, and then my son and a bookkeeper. Then I've got knowledgeable people that I get a hold of when I've got a question about no-till or or cover crops that is over my head and try to go to meetings you know, in the wintertime. Yep. Uh, national meetings or what have you to to try to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at your 2021 growing season um, and that that kind of that corn, soybean, wheat rotation with your cover crops, what do you feel was was really truly the highlight of your season? Kind of knowing that there was some challenges in 2021 that you guys faced there in Central Ohio. I think the highlight was. You know, we got a, a pretty good window to get things planted timely. It was a little rough on the early, early planted beans. We had to replant some of them, but the corn went in relatively well and had a good uh, chance to get going. We had a pretty good growing year all together. And overall, with all three crops, uh, the wheat, the soybeans, and the corn, it finished out real good as far as above average yields on all three the wheat was a challenge. We had a very large rain during wheat harvest that by the time we finished the wheat harvest, some of it had over 10 inches of rain on it since it was ripe. So it wasn't favorable there. I'd say the corn planting was probably one of the nicest planting uh, windows. I mean, it wasn't very big, but we got it in and got it coming up nice and it looked good. So it sure. was probably a win right there. Yeah. 
I wanted to let you know about our farming forecast sweepstakes running January 3rd through January 5th. Go to a betterwaytofarm.com forward slash win to enter. This is one way we can give back to you by bringing you this special series of interviews plus the chance to win some cool prizes. Visit a betterwaytofarm.com forward slash win. Well, and that's absolutely huge. You know, that's one of the things I know that you and your son, Alex, have been to our pro ag trainings. And that's one of the things that we talk about is, you know, getting that seed in the ground and then getting it to emerge. And especially when you get that to emerge all uniform, that's where you're going to really see some maximum yield. If nothing else changes, just getting that crop out of the ground and making sure it's even. I know that precision planning has been on this huge kick. I know last year when they started their winter conferences, they were promoting this white picket fence stand. And I thought it was interesting that here it was 2021 and they're finally talking about how to get that, that fence row stand. But I know that that's absolutely, absolutely critical. So when you look at kind of the one or two things that you did different in 2021, what is that one or two things that you thought, you know what, I really like that. I'm, I'm definitely going to roll through that into my 2022 growing season. <laughs> We're continuously evolving here at this farm. We're always doing something different. It's kind of interesting that you bring that up because most years we are kind of really going off the wall on something crazy. This year, one thing that was a little bit nervous for me was planting real early soybeans. So like right after the Easter weekend, uh, we planted beans and that was early for us. We were not used to that. I don't know. We, we put a lot of stuff into the corn planter again this year and pretty much went all in with the precision stuff. Yep. Uh, I do think a lot of those things are helpful. I think they do pay back. There's always the perfect day to plant corn. And it seems like you never know what that is until after the season's over. But I've been proven many times by a couple neighbors that you can plant corn. If it's the right day, it pretty much doesn't matter what you use. (laughs) But we, we have more acres than we can do all that on the perfect day, you know. So I think that's why you buy all these things for the planter. But the stand was very, very good. I mean, we had a excellent spacing between the plants very good emergence had a lot of good things going there but as far as something different this year it was kind of a it was kind of a like pretty normal as far as getting everything lined up Uh, in the past like last year we would have one of the major changes was after the wheat harvest we put in this extensive mix but then we also put sunflowers in after the wheat and we harvested them actually over the cover crop in I don't know what month it was it was January last year or something but we did actually harvest them and we sold them for birdseed and that was a good market and uh, we do have about 300 acres of sunflowers out yet in the field they aren't just quite ripe because you're planting them so late in the year that they don't mature correctly and the test weights are less. But in the birdseed market, they don't look at that. They just want them to be black oil sunflowers. So yep, we'll probably get them sometime this winter. But the planting, the corn where we had the sunflower roots or in that cover crop mix was by far the best corn we harvested this year. Interesting. 
Yeah, and I, I believe that to be true because of the root structure of the sunflower itself. And from what I've gathered in meetings and other things that they talk about the mycorrhizae mm. in soil with those roots. So like an oats or the sunflower mix would be really good. So I think there is a lot of benefits there. And, and our goal to farm is we're trying to cut inputs as much as we can, but, uh, you know, not starve the plant, but still grow a good crop and utilize the cover crops good attributes yeah. to grow the corn for the following year. And especially in today's market with this nitrogen price going out of control, we do a pre-planting nitrogen test above ground and below ground. Yep. And we have had abundant amounts of nitrogen before planting. Some pretty crazy numbers. A lot of them's like 120 units above ground and like 75 units below ground. I haven't had the guts enough to really cut back on the 28, but I think I'm going to have pretty good guts this year because I don't have any in the tanks yet. So. <laughs> yep. So that's, that's a great lead-in. So that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. I wanted to let you know about our farming forecast sweepstakes running January 3rd through January 5th. Go to a betterwaytofarm.com forward slash win to enter. This is one way we can give back to you by bringing you this special series of interviews plus the chance to win some cool prizes. Visit a betterwaytofarm.com forward slash win. How are you guys handling really that volatility and those input spikes that we're having right now? I mean, it's just everything's going through the roof. And I think you kind of answered that question, but is there more to that? Or is that kind of something that you guys are looking at and saying, yep, we're going to be forced into lowering our nitrogen inputs um, and our, our nitrogen rate that we use just because of these crazy, ridiculous spikes that we're seeing in some of these commercial fertilizers? Yeah, we've been working on this for a number of years, trying to cut the nitrogen rate back. And our best case scenario has been down to like 0.6 pounds of yep. what we've applied nitrogen per bushel. It doesn't always get there because, you know, yields may fall short because of some other reason. And you already had the nitrogen on. But we do split apply the nitrogen. We put it on with the planter and a small dose, say like 12, 15 gallon yep. of 28 and then we come back twice with the wide drop on a haggy and put another 12 gallon down or 15, depends on how good the crop looks. So we can pull it off, but you know, long-term I see that these commercial fertilizers and things that you just have to continuously buy are not getting cheaper. And of course, <laughs> land isn't getting cheaper. You gotta cut something somewhere. You can't just keep growing more and more yield, I guess you could, but at what cost and yep. so I, I go across the number of acres that are not only our own wide drop and then I'll ask the guys what they're yielding and stuff and we kind of compare notes on how much they've got in it and we're doing really good on that I, I think that we're doing a good job but it's trying to understand that whole concept instead of just well I need this and I need that from whatever and yep. it's like no you've got to look at it from a different angle and go well can this cover crop provide that and when does it need to be planted to give it enough root growth to get that done before you go planting the corn yep and so the only way that we found to do that effectively is to come in right after wheat because you'll get more root growth in the fall 
And that opens the window for spring planting that you don't have to worry about waiting until the end of May to get the full benefit out of a cover crop. You can go in in mid-April and you can terminate it however which way you want. If you want to burn it off early or if you want to come in later or if you want to plant it green. However, it gives you a lot of options. So would you say that moving into the 2022 growing season... Is that what you're kind of looking for to focus on improving your bottom line? Or, or what is it that you're sitting there in your office looking at 2022 and you're saying, man, I've got to do this one thing to make sure that I'm going to make money in 2022? Well, like I said, this has been kind of a systems approach. It's not something you can just do overnight. I mean, it's, it's a process that, you know, you got to plan on putting the wheat in. And then you got a plan on the cover crop. What really spoke to me about it long term, and I know this isn't quite directly answering your question, but this isn't something that, like say, you do in five minutes. You're going to do this in about two or three years, and it takes time. But you were out at our place in 2019 for a field day. And you were standing there where we had the tent and everything. And that was a cover crop mix that I believe was maybe an 18 way or something. (laughs) And you don't think much about it. It's green, it's growing, whatever. And we put corn in there last year and I I no-tilled it, planted it green. And this year we planted beans in there and that was our best yielding soybeans. Wow. In that field. And the only thing different about it was that that was the only field we had with that mix that year. So here, that cover crop's paying you back two years after the fact, okay? So you can't just sit here and look at it and go, well, yeah, I'll plant this cover and it'll help the corn for next year. Okay, well, yeah, you might invest $40 an acre or so in the seed cost and maybe 45 once it's planted, whatever, after the wheat. That's a lot of money. But... You know, if you can sit there and go, okay, well, I got how many units of N? And that was when 28 was $165 a ton. You know, we're talking 570 a ton or more now. I don't know out your way. I think it's higher yet. A little bit, yep. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard some pretty high numbers. But that cover crop not only paid in the nitrogen world, but then it's paying back the following year in the soybean world because the soybeans are feeding on that decomposing. Mm-hmm. Uh, root masses. Plus, you've got awesome drainage because the infiltration of the water going through that soil with all the roots and everything is tremendous. If you look at that wheat right now, we planted that wheat just before October 1st here. So this is be the third year or third crop coming in off of that cover crop like you were at. Yep. And that wheat is about 10 inches high. And I did not do a, ten, a tiller count, but it it looks like a really overgrown golf course. I mean, it is just dark green and it is thick and lush. And I haven't seen that many tillers on wheat in a long time. Of course, we had an awesome look in October to get things going. So you can't really just say, oh, that's normal. I mean, but the field right next to it that was not planted in that cover crop mix that year, it uh, doesn't look as good. I think it's going to pay out three years down the road. And by then, you're putting the next cover crop in for the following corn. So those all have to do with this. And and I guess for me, input cost-wise, I haven't bought dry fertilizer over 10 years. And I haven't spread lime in over 10 years. (laughs) 
And I hate to say that because guys, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but it's it just, that's the fact. And the soil tests, they're doing okay. Actually, I think they're kind of coming up some. So, yeah. uh, the, the, the thing I'm after is organic matter though. And, the, and our organic levels in our soils are going up. Now, I'm not saying we haven't put fertilizer or manure on because we do have some manure access to it, but Definitely not overboard. We sure. put like a ton or so of chicken litter on maybe every couple, three years, but it's, mm -hmm. that's about it. Well, I think that's truly great advice for kind of what's going on and what you can kind of look forward to. And some of the growers that are listening to this podcast that, that they can kind of do. And I know that we'll have, it might already air or it'll be an upcoming episode that we'll actually have you on and kind of dive deeper into those cover crops as well. And that's one thing that I'm looking forward to everybody listening, taking that and spending a little bit more time on those cover crops. So Nathan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you all for joining us today. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with family, friends, even neighbors that might find value in this episode. And we'd please, please, please ask you and greatly appreciate it if you would review us on whatever platform that you use to listen in today. And yeah, go ahead and review that, hit the stars. Let us know how we can help. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.